button once. Yeah. Did it start uh, counting? Is it, yeah. Are you? Uh, is it political? It can be whatever you want. So the show is going to be called Uber Opinionated. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that you really feel strongly about, I mean, feel like everybody <laughs> has some really strong opinions about stuff right That's now. That's an interesting idea. Because um, you, you meet uh, people all the time. From all different walks of life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually an attorney. Okay. Uh, so I'm a personal injury attorney in Downers Grove. Right on. Um, I don't know if you probably have a lot of attorneys. I don't know how many actually agreed to be on the podcast. Um, you know, actually, you're, I think you're the first one, dude. I mean, huh. that admitted to being attorneys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, mainly a workers' comp, personal injury. Right you know, on. A fairly low level. I, I don't um, handle big cases or anything like that. Okay. Um, Any rideshare injuries? Mm, I'm, I'm just thinking. Not there's nothing that really comes to mind. I, um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I handle auto accidents. Um, nothing that comes to mind. No, where, you know, where I've had to make a claim with Uber or Lyft or something like that. No. Um, this is interesting. Uh, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, I always like taking cabs uh, because you learn something each time. And you'd be surprised at how many uh, at clients or potential clients. In fact, I'll give you my card before sure. uh, before we go. I've gotten from uh, you know from either Uber or cabs. And I'm, we're we're driving 14 hours a day, dude. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, a mean, lot of chance to get an accident. Right. 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 Um, but you know the main thing is you uh, you learn you learn so much uh, from people on these drives. It's kind of like a forced. I mean, depending on the personality, uh, it's a forced conversation. You know, some people don't want to talk. Um, some people are more than happy to have a conversation. It just makes the time go. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, and you, you, know, you learn stuff. In fact, on my way here, there was a guy from Serbia, and he, um, you know, he made a lot of money uh, uh, doing truck driving. Okay. In fact, um, you know, I was surprised. I mean, as an attorney, he was telling me he was making... Uh, you know, several hundred thousand with the CDL. Wow! Within a couple year period, uh, I don't know if that's something you've ever looked into as a uh, driver. Yeah. I think that uh, I mean uh, less uh, social interaction. <laughs> you know. Well, it's it's you know uh, there, there's a reason but, why there's a demand. Uh, it's terrible right now, and I, and that's a big part of the uh, labor shortage. You know the the supply. I mean, I should say the supply chain. It's a hard job, dude. I mean, I mean, it's an easy job, but it's just time, and I think it's hard on your mind to be out there on the road all the time and not. Yeah, not everybody can be a truck driver, that's for sure. And I, you know, I, I never tried myself. I'm just saying, I, and he's at, he he felt that he made enough money after a few years here in the United States where he he's just going to go back to Serbia and live his life. Yeah, I mean, good may, for him. You know, he may, um, um, you know, come back or whatever, but. Uh, that that's really a big issue. Uh, it's a big issue in the UK. It's a big issue here. The uh, the truck drivers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think actually, if it's that much of an issue, I mean, they're moving towards uh, driverless vehicles, including. It'll trucks. happen. It'll happen. Um, you know, but even taxis. You know, even in the meantime. You know, I, I've just wondered whether whether they could come up with relay systems on the trailers. You know, where somebody drives for 10 hours, you know, and then they drive back. Uh, and then you just have a relay system across the country. 
So somebody, let's say, is not driving 20 hours across the country uh, and then back. Um, That's a good idea. Which, you know, I mean, like I don't know. The, That's just uh, a like thought the that pony, I had. Like the Pony Express? Something, yeah. Like you, you know. Dude, Uber's going to steal that idea now from you. Who? Uber. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you know what, I always, whenever I come up with business ideas, you know, and as an attorney I do all the time, just weird ideas. I never worry about anybody stealing my idea because ideas are a dime a dozen and it's the implementation which all pretty much everything. Totally. Um, and if it's altruistic enough, it's good if it happens. I had a, a an idea, you know, like for my business to advertise, go to... Uh, you know, I do a lot of work injury, so to let's say go to um, the, uh, the what do you call them, the, the laundromats. You know, and putting TVs in there, and, and basically I'll pay you per month to run my ad on your TV in the laundromat. You know, just this particular because it's that particular demographic. You know, working class. Yeah. Um, and one of my friends said, "Well, we'll steal your idea," and I was just like, "I'm not concerned about it because." The difficulty is not in developing the idea, it's in carrying it through. Almost always. Yeah. And so, um, what's your background? I'm just curious. Um, well, I, I mean, I went to school. I studied to be an urban planner. Okay. Uh, I used to work for CTA. Okay. Uh, right out of college. Sure. Uh, that seems like it would be a pretty good job. It was. It was a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see the city... Uh, I got to ride CTA for free. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. And I could use the bathroom at the stations. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal in the city, right? Dude, I mean, what a, what a fucking racket that you got to, like, you got to piss on the tracks. I mean, that's, like, that's a work. That's a hazard. Yeah, right, right, right. You didn't get that guy that pissed on the tracks that one time, that Chinese guy that killed himself on yeah, the tracks, yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I think I had heard about it. Um, so you didn't want to stay there, or you just... Uh... No, I mean, so I got, I got hired... Mm-hmm. In 2000 and, uh, shit, uh, 2006, mm-hmm. uh, when they, oh, I can't get on there. Uh, I should have known better. I think it's late, maybe. Which street are we on? Um, that's Madison. Let me see if they want us to get on to Madison. I think I'm Lake. They change this. They change this like every Halstead day. Halstead will connect you up to. I can get on at Randolph. Yeah. Um, I'll try it. I'm gonna try a Lake. Yeah. We'll see. Um. So yeah, I don't. Know. I work for the city. They were trying to extend the red line. Mm-hmm. That's what I got uh, hired to do. Sure. To extend the red line, and that was in 2006, and they're still trying to do it. So. Are you still with them, or you? No, no, no. I I lost that job when they when the economy kind of collapsed uh, oh. in two thousand and uh, yeah yeah two thousand and like nine mm-hmm. eight nine that uh, all the CTA service kind of got reduced because it was dependent on taxes and stuff, right? And so like we were there, like, hey, we're gonna like make your life so much better we're gonna help you like tell us how this service sucks mm-hmm. we're gonna make it better and then like overnight it was like uh, actually we're, we're actually gonna take all that all that stuff away that we said we were gonna do and we're gonna remove some so like it wasn't a good time to be 
in transit. So, um, with regard to Uber and, and you know whatever other jobs that you may have had, uh, that sounds kind of like a cross between an office job and a field job. Uh, uh, it was a lot of operations. I mean, the service was like failing all the time. I kind of famously, I told my boss, you know, I said, we need to send text messages to our customers when this shit gets fucked up mm -hmm. because they would send us out there and be like, try to get people home mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who didn't before kind of cell phones were like everyone's life in 2006, 7, 8. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. they existed, but it wasn't like smartphone city mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of. And, uh, I said, we gotta send, we gotta send text messages out to people. Like we gotta like inform them when shit gets screwed up. And he's like, you can't do that. That's racist. Black people don't have cell phones. <laughs> That's what they told me. Hmm. At CTA, and I was like, "Well, look now, the cell phones controlling everybody." And thank, yeah. thank God that they have Uber because they don't even really—I mean, it's not affordable to people, but yeah. you can get service in the hood, basically, okay. yeah. where they didn't have it before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And do so, you have any concerns about going to the west or the south side? Uh. I mean, it's not it's not pretty. I've seen five... In, I've only done this for two months. I've seen five shooting scenes. Yeah. My mom... I mean, my mom... My sister, uh, years ago, said she saw a couple shootings. You know, she used to work in the city. Um, yeah, it's interesting uh, talking to people in different backgrounds. So, you, you've but, only been doing the Uber for a couple of months now. Yeah. But, so, I mean, like, I... Uh, I'm not afraid of the hood, I guess, because I worked at CTA. Yeah. In the hood. Yeah. <laughs> I would go and do these like round table workshops and some mm -hmm. guy one day would be like, so like how can we improve CTA? And like some guy's like, man the security sucks. Look what happened to me on this on the red line platform like mm -hmm. two years ago and he pops his eye out in front of like this round table. It's like oh God. Wow. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, we used to see it all dude, you know? That's funny. And the only people that really participate in that stuff are kind of on the lunatic fringe, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in politics, kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. So we we would get all the all the kooks. You know, speaking of uh, you know gunnings and stuff, and speaking of your podcast and, and politics, you've probably heard of the whole like um, I, I don't even know where that was. If that was on the West Side, the kind of mutual combatants, uh, Kim Fox uh, war between the two gangs in the house. Yes? Um, say it again? Sorry? So one of the big things in the news right now yeah. is... I haven't been following the news, just uh, for my own sanity. Yeah, there were two gangs that um, that had a shootout. Oh, I saw that on Halstead. Oh, did I was, you? I was there right when they were setting up the scene, so I didn't see the bullets fly, Yeah. but I was turning onto Halstead going north right as the police officer was putting the tape across the street and I'm like, oh shit, this is a shooting scene. I've been, I've seen four of these in the last two months. I know exactly what this is like. Yeah. So, I'm going the other way. I don't want to get shot again. You know? So the, uh, the big thing in the news is Kim Fox decided not to prosecute anybody because oh, he called them that. Mutual, mutual combatants. Um, so that, you know, that's kind it's of like, become national news. It's like a duel. I mean, like, I guess Americans used to settle their differences with duels, right? <laughs> yeah. It's still happening. Yeah, yeah. Hatfields and McCoys, right? Um, Alexander Hamilton. 
Did he, <laughs> he died from the duel, right? I don't know if he actually died. I um, think so. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I'm not like a super American history, uh, especially in the details. But um, he may have died. Um, he has a statue in gold leaf uh-huh. in Lincoln Park. Okay. Kind of big on the statue thing. I was making a documentary about statues when they were tearing the rope. Never, it wasn't about statues. It was about Trump so, supporters. But I, but it was. Um, but I went to Richmond, Virginia last year when they were tearing down all the monuments. Like, was there when it was happening when they were trying to tear down the Robert E. Lee statue? Sure, it's pretty cool. Um, a good, a cool time to be doing documentaries. Yeah. So you, uh, I do a lot of different things. Yeah. So. Um, the Uber you would consider a form of gig work, right? I mean, this is a full-time job for me. I'm just trying to pour in hours and yeah. get as much money as I can, and then um, I actually I live in Belize. I, I don't know if I told you that, but I live where in Belize. Oh, that's far. Yeah. Yeah. So normally I live in Belize for like ten years. Okay. And uh, you I like was it? Planning, yeah, it's hard to get money, so that's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get money. If you already have your money, it's a great place. Is there a reason why you're uh, why you're uh, in Belize, like uh, family or friends? Yeah, my parents. Well, so I'm from Lombard. My parents bought a 100 acre property down there when I was three years old. Okay. With the idea that they would retire. Okay. And they wanted to make like a nature preserve kind of because all of the forest was being cleared for cornfield and stuff like that so we're surrounded by Mennonites where we live the Amish that's kind of interesting in Belize yeah interesting and um yeah and so it's a really cool property it's right on the river it's in between two creeks there's a there's uh, a Mayan city in the backyard that they've been doing archaeology on for 10 years is it uh is it easy to get the things that you need no no it's horrible (laughs) It's um, called the Belize rig. And the microphone has a Belize rig. You can see it when we're done or you can look around. But, like, you have to... You can't buy... You can't just go to the store and buy stuff. Yeah. But... Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's a that's a hassle. Yeah. Now, and the weather is pretty good all year round. It's hot. Yeah. I mean, it's not always good. It's, it can be hot, hot. Yeah. So... Uh, never been there, but... But it's fun. It's, it's is a fun it still considered a resort area, or has it gotten a little rougher? I mean, Belize is not without its problems, for sure. There's an element of violence, but it's... Uh, generally speaking, just kind of like in Mexico, that it's like uh, drug-related stuff, you okay. know? Generally speaking. But people are becoming more desperate because there's just no money. So I feel like... yeah. At any point, it could be a bad situation there. I mean, well, no one here, starves. No one starves, but okay, uh, because there's lots of fruit on the trees. And yeah, there's yeah. not that many people. And yeah, you could always go fishing and like, but it's hard to actually get money to get things. And if you have a lot of little kids or whatever to support it, yeah, I mean, crime is a life. That's where all the cocaine goes through Belize. Not all of it, but. A vast majority of cocaine that people are using in America is going through Belize. It's like the last place that's lawless before North America, you know? So they fly the planes in one way, full of coke, with 
with no seats and they unload them, go over land into Mexico and burn the plane pretty regularly. And so the cops are always like, oh yeah, we heard there was a plane, but like we sent some guys and they got away. <laughs> you know? So you would... Uh, They're doing it. They're the ones let, doing it. Let's just say somebody gave you, I don't know how much money, $200,000 right now. Um, I'm assuming you'd go back there. Uh, but for two hundred thousand dollars, I would go anywhere else other than Belize right now. Really? Yeah. And what what would you do? Make hibiscus wine. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd go anywhere other than Belize just because I've been to Belize. Okay. I know Belize. Belize doesn't change, and Belize. Was so you don't consider you don't consider that a place you want to live? No, I do want to live there. Okay. But it's just impossible to like get forward there. Okay. It's like not a place to make money. Okay. Somehow it's like uh, it's like anti-money, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. In some sense, I mean, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like it's just like a, a sieve for money. Yeah. And so, um, like the goal in Belize is just to be like at zero. Yeah. Kind of not to lose. And, did uh, you? Uh, and did, I, did, has Belize suffered with COVID? Yeah, dude. I mean, so I just. <laughs> I have a mask violation court case uh-huh. for not wearing a mask in February okay. of this year. I was smoking a cigarette in the market. Not in the market, but on the street outside the market without a mask on. Like 50 feet from anybody. And the cop came up to me and said, hey, you're not wearing your mask in public. That's a fine. I said, dude, I'm smoking a cigarette. Like, look, it's burning. And... Uh, he wrote me a $500 ticket. So, imagine if that went down in America. Some cops would get shot, you know? And uh, I said, what am I supposed to do, dude? It's not against the law to... It's not against the law to smoke cigarettes. And they just knew that, like, they were going to put me into the system. And then once you're in the system, like, you're fucked because... Same here, right? I mean, you're a lawyer, you know. Um, I mean, you know. I've been screwed my fair amount of time by the law. Used to make me think I wanted to be a lawyer, but I've been screwed by the law. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was one of the first 50 people that ever got sued for downloading from Napster. (laughs) Yeah. I actually represented someone with that. Um, We just worked it out with the law firm that was going after them. Five grand? Um, something like that. Yeah. What a joke, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, I was looking it up online because I didn't, I wasn't exactly sure where it was in relation to Central America. It's right below Mexico. Yeah. I mean, that could be tough town too, right? Guatemala, Nicaragua. Belize is where all the, all the Guatemalans and Nicaraguans and Salvadoranians and Honduranians are trying to go to Belize because life is just really okay there it's not stressful in the the sense that it is in all those other places because there's not a lot of people you speak Spanish? poquito but it's the problem is also that there's not a lot of people so you can't do business and those people are poor it's like the third poorest country in the western hemisphere is it still a little bit yeah why ask you resorting you said it's yeah there's really nice stuff people go there to go scuba diving there's like there's five star hotels okay 
Like, there's definitely, like, luxury places to go stay really nice. Yeah. But then, like, our place, or, like, most of the places are mom and pop, which is cool. And all of Belize is, like, uh, it's not corporate, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. you don't have McDonald's, you don't have Walmart and stuff like that. Like, you get stuff bought from Walmart and sent and shit and costing you three times more, you know? <laughs> Well, even Mexico, like Cancun and stuff, you got to be careful now. It's it's people are gunning each other down in the streets. Ah, no and way. Shit. There's no way. You don't. There's. It's not. It's not dangerous in Mexico. It's okay. Not. It's not. No. Unless you're getting blasted looking for coke or. Well, my wasted, uh, my wasted uh, and yeah. Like, well, my assistant, um, she's from a particular area, and the police have left. So they in Cancun. No, in Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico, Mexico, but yeah. in Cancun, like. Well, there was an there was something I saw on TV where they said that there now there are squad killings. So you know, again, they're not targeting your average person, but you don't yeah. want to be on vacation. They're against you're, the police and walk in the street and, the and see like three people step out of a car and shoot someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean I, that happens in Chicago. That's right? called Chicago Friday afternoon at, <laughs> at Jewel Osco on Halstead, dude. You know? Yeah. So it's everywhere, man, and it's related to drug violence. Yeah. It's drug violence, dude. Yeah. Straight, plain, plain as day. It's crack. I mean, there's no, like, no heroin or meth. Some guy just got busted with uh, the pills to make meth, though, in Belize. But thankfully, there's no heroin or meth. It's just that, that coke route. So. But if, uh, right now, you said you wouldn't go back to release if somebody gave you $200,000, so. I would go anywhere. Other well, than Belize. Well, let Anywhere meaning Florida? Um, no, but probably not in America, though. Okay. I don't think I would stay in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm... Well, I, never say never, but... Yeah. Uh, maybe I would go to, like, Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, because it's tropical and... Uh, yeah. Not really America. But I've what? been away for ten years, dude. Like, I feel like... Uh, why, why hibiscus wine? I'm curious. It's awesome. Just to take, just to drink, or to sell. Uh, you can cook it. Uh, you can cook with it. You can drink it. You can sell it. Mm-hmm. You know how to do it. I am the wine man. They used to call me white man, but now they call me wine man. So <laughs> I must be doing something right. Yeah, I have no idea how to make any alcoholic beverage. It's rainwater and sugar to get the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Organic hibiscus that we grow for mm-hmm. color, flavor, and acid, and we. Do it kind of like red wine and have to punch it down and it's all fresh. So some people are doing hibiscus products, but they use dry hibiscus. And uh, who would make wine with raisins? So that's what I say. I also say even my retarded cousin could make wine, which is also true because old juice goes to wine, right? So you believe you can come up with something that's sellable? I'm doing it. Okay. I'm doing it. It's uh, sparkling. It's beautiful. It tastes great. It doesn't give you a hangover. Hibiscus is like a magic plant, man. But have you thought about marketing it? Well, that's why I came to America. I came to try to maybe make it here. I went to California in 4th of July to try to make uh, link up with some guys that were growing it there that wanted to produce but it didn't seem like the right place. California's too expensive. Yeah. 
Uh, not the right place to produce, right place to sell it. Though. Your podcast. Um, I think I will get a lot of cross promotion through this. Everyone's gonna be like, "What's this fucking hibiscus wine all about?" <laughs> you talk about that with a lot of people. I mean, it, invariably it comes up about people asking me what I do. Sure. So. Well, what you what you I, really want to do too? Yeah, know? I don't think that most people expect people to be doing full time Uber stuff, yeah, but you can card, do it. By the way, you can cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think that. Um, some people do this job full time, and you can make decent money. Before sure. unemployment yeah. kicked off, mm-hmm. I worked for like one week. Okay, it took me forever to get my background check because they were probably like, "Who is this guy? He just showed up out of the blue, and yeah. he hasn't been here for ten years." Yeah, ten years. Long time. Not paying taxes, like not in the system. You didn't have like a wife or girlfriend down there or anything like that. I have a girlfriend. She's German. Okay, uh, I met her down there. We spend time here, Germany, and there, and all around. So we make documentaries. So like, oh, uh, that's why I say I would go anywhere. Like that's that. kind of in line with your podcast a little bit. I did the sound, yeah, and the production mm-hmm. uh, for these international documentaries for German television, uh, all around Latin America, Chile, Peru, Colombia, two or three times. Uh, I've been to the island of Grenada. Uh, Costa Rica twice Mexico we did a couple in Belize Um, so that's a lot of like international travel in Latin America and all of those places are better for my business than in Belize all of them are your parents still uh, still around are they here or there they live there they're retired now okay so they retired, and then they're like, "Hey, we just opened up this hotel. Why don't you come run it?" Because we were retired, so we were running a hotel all the way up until COVID. They're happy. Uh, my mom more than my dad probably. Okay. My dad's not happy because he watches television all day. Okay. So that would make anybody unhappy. <laughs> Amongst other things, I mean, I don't know. I think how things are in your brain and how you dream them don't always work out. Yeah. It doesn't always manifest itself if you don't get the right breaks or you do the right moves. And, uh... Yeah, I'm Indian. I haven't really traveled a lot except for I did go many times to India. Unfortunately, I haven't spent much much time in Europe or any place like that or... Even a lot of places in the United States I'd like to go to, but I'm just so busy. Um, I did a I did a 10 out of 10 vacation to southern Germany this year. I went on an electronic bike ride in the Alps. It was fucking awesome, dude. What's an electronic bike ride? Like an e-bike? You've ever rode an e-bike before? Not really, no. Is it just motorized? Yeah, like pedal assist. Motor. It's awesome, dude. It's so much fun. You should try one. You should go... Let's drive one this weekend. It's so much fun. It's like a child's fun. So it's kind of like a, a scooter. No, you're you're biking still. Like you're still pedaling, but you're like you know, you're going like twenty percent power, but going two hundred percent speed. Okay. And you don't get sweaty in like the summer. And yeah, yeah. You can go straight up a mountain, dude, and it's so cool. You and can adjust the percentage of power. Yeah. Sounds like a yeah, yeah, it sounds like it a was electric a, moped or something. It was like but it's more interact like you're moving and you're still doing exercise yeah, and like yeah. you 
you don't feel like uh, you're you're doing something. Yeah. It's like lazy man's exercise, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's why I love it. And uh, it's really cool. Like I mean, we went. Out, I don't know. You probably see like in all the documentaries and stuff the the eagle's nest, like the old Nazi like yeah, yeah, quarters, yeah. all the way up on top of the mountain. It's still open. That's the only thing that they didn't destroy from the Nazis for whatever reason. I think it was like a communications base or something for the soldiers. Okay. But um, you can go up there and there's a bar and we rode the bikes all the way up to the top. It was so cool. And all the people hiking were like, man, and like checking how much e-bikes cost on their cell phone as like we're blasting past them, you know. It was, I think somehow it's some way like that you're able to it's going to open up the world to all of these older folks retiring. I think it's... And maybe open up some injury lawsuits, too, because it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> right? Speaking of which, big hammer, big results, injury attorney. Is that... Do you see it? Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. There you go. I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing about... What is it, what's his problem? He's chasing the ambulances? Well, or what? He, he, so, so the problem is... is I, I know a lot about Bradley Dworkin. I, I've had friends who work for him. He has a high turnover. Uh, anybody who does massive personal injury workers' camp uh, advertising is going to get a lot of clients. Um, you know, and obviously since this is a podcast, you know, I'm not going to... Plug yourself, man. Come on. Well, yeah, I'm Jay Sheth. I'm an attorney in Downers Grove. But I don't really uh, go after, like, millions of clients or cases... You know, because I'm a handler. I handle cases. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about Mr. Dworkin or his firm. Uh, you I'm said just, you hated them. Well, let You I disagree with this practice. I, yeah, I, well, let's just put it this way. I don't want to say anything bad about anybody's firm, okay? Yeah. Uh, I do, I am aware that there are some firms that just want to go out there and sign up a lot of cases, and then they don't do anything. Uh, basically, they try to settle the cases. If they don't settle the case then the somebody will find another attorney and then they'll file a fee petition. So they're going to get paid. Um, but I'm not saying that that's the case at his firm. I'm just saying, um, you know, that, uh, that there are firms like that. It's, you're saying that you, Jay, are going to take care of your guys, man. That's what you're saying. Well, I, I'm a handler. So I, if, if, you, if you're my client, I'm, I'm representing you. I'm working on your case. I'm going to try your case or settle your case, resolve your case. Right. I'm going to try my best to do it the right way, um, you know, and and handle the case, litigate the case. I mean, it's not just a matter of signing up the case and, uh, you know, litigating the case or anything. I, I mean, I'm sorry, not doing anything with the case. But, like I said, I, I don't really want to say anything about any other law firm. You're above it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, public uh, statement, I guess, because of the podcast. Sure. Uh, you can go on your own merits. You don't have to do negative yeah, advertising. Yeah. yeah. No. That's the best. Word of mouth is the best, too, I guess. But it's not something we're like, hey, dude, I, I got fucked up in my job. Well, the better like clients and cases are going to come from word of mouth. Yeah. Because you're not going to... If, if you had a serious injury case, I mean, unless you really didn't know anybody, you probably wouldn't um, look at the billboard. 
you know, to find someone, you might find somebody you know, yeah. like a friend, and say, a trusted friend. You know, Who knows somebody? And say, you know, do you know an attorney, yeah. you know, a good attorney that's going to help me? Um, and so, the billboard thing, I think, you have to... It was a good idea with the TVs. TVs are not that expensive anymore. Yeah, you have to you have to be set up. You have to be able to filter a lot of cases. You know, it's really just me and another attorney, um, and uh, I mean, I'm sorry, an assistant, not an attorney. I have two assistants, and um, they're part time. And you know, you you have to talk to a lot of people to get a case. And so, if you're going to do billboard advertising, um, you it's, it's hard to spend hours and hours talking to people about their cases and handle cases at the same time. So, a lot of people may have a system. They may have other attorneys working for them that are handlers. There's all types of things out there. There are attorneys who make a substantial amount of money by signing up cases and then referring them to another attorney that's going to give a referral fee. Like a subcontractor or something. Kind of, yeah. So the, that attorney, and that, that that's actually very big. I you know I, I can't really say who does that as far as billboards go, but I think it's a very common phenomenon. And in fact, you know, with uh, with a lot of cases, I've done that, especially medical malpractice cases or defective products cases where there's an injury and I'm not really set up to handle those types of cases. Can we so, talk? Can we talk about vaccines? Uh, sure. I mean, I don't. Do you think that that's going to be something that comes up in the future? Do you think? There, that- I think that there's a there's a statute. I don't know if it's federal or state or both uh, that has insulated uh, vaccine manufacturers from any type of defective product liability. Now, um, you know, I I always hedge everything I say in that regard, especially if this is a you know a podcast or whatever. I always hedge by saying that you know. In terms of legal advice, somebody should contact an, you know, an attorney and do the proper research and make sure. But I believe that 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 may be the case. And it wouldn't surprise me, given that um, you know, given that they were pushing these vaccines through, uh, and there could be exposure to liability, you know, if there's uh, uh, adverse reactions. So the government wants to then protect the manufacturers from liability for, uh, you know, for an unsafe product. Yeah. Given given the national emergency, you know, given the fact that people, I mean, there are a lot of people who don't want vaccines, but there are a lot of people who do want the vaccines, and they want these vaccines out there as soon as possible. Sure. Um, So, you know, they fast-tracked it. And with a lot of uh, medications, vaccines, probably uh, medical device, you know, medical device products, um, there is there's always the chance for a defective product, you know, a defective medication or dangerous medication. Yeah. And so that's what you see a lot of the people get on TV and advertise for Zantac. Hip implant, this hip implant, or this knee implant, um, because they're looking for the cases where somebody has suffered a serious injury as a result of that, and presumably they have a theory that the, you know, 
that the device is, is dangerous or defective. So, but I, you know, going back to your question about vaccines, I, I'm, I think I had come across something that said that the manufacturers of vaccine have been given some kind of immunity, no pun intended, um, lawsuit immunity, uh, you know, from from claims based on an adverse reaction to the to the vaccine. What's your opinion on the on the vaccine? Um, we're getting all of our information from the television, not from like. I think like, um, I did not get the vaccine. Okay. I, I did not get the vaccine. Okay. Um, did but, you actually have COVID at all? So I think I had COVID twice mm-hmm. in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, September of 2019, and December of 2019. I got violent, violently sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I got sick again in 2020. I was like, I felt like I was a cold. Have um, you been tested for antibodies? I have not been tested for antibodies, okay. but I my last COVID test was last week mm-hmm. uh, to go to a concert. So I don't know. I take precautions. I feel like um, uh, the vaccine. I'm not anti-vax. I mean, I have all of my vaccines, but it was like uh, it felt like it was like. Uh, like we we're getting blitzed on propaganda, kind of like I mean, like it wasn't like what's what's wrong, what's gonna happen if you don't do it. It's like get the vaccine, get the vaccine. There yeah. was a lady in the car that was getting; she was working for an NGO, getting a federal grant to get paid a hundred dollars mm-hmm. or give people a hundred dollars to get the vaccine and in, in gift cards. And I'm like, that's fucking money laundering. The federal government is giving you a hundred dollar gift cards. Like that's mm-hmm. money laundering, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's like everyone says, yeah, but the vaccine is free and blah, blah, blah. But like, there's all of these costs in, inside of that. And, uh, the fact that there's no liability. Yeah. I think if there was liability, everyone would get the vaccine because they'd be like, well, fuck then, you know, like we're, we're protected, but it's like, uh, the people are somehow screwed no matter what in this deal. Well, the, you know, I, I can only go by, you know, what people say, quote unquote, call the science. You know, on, on on the media, um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not somebody who's going to take a vaccine and go into a laboratory and analyze it. And I don't, wouldn't even know what that would mean. Certainly, we we most Americans have had some type of vaccine. We uh, have to to go to school. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. So you've had vaccines when you were a kid and yeah. all that stuff. Um, so, what what do you think the biggest objection to is? It just time that this no, vaccine. No, I think I, I think I was I was sick. I survived. So you believe um, that you have natural immunity? I survived, uh, and I also, you know, kind of believe that hibiscus is the way to treat it. That hibiscus is the African cold and flu bush remedy. Okay. Or maybe it comes from India or from Africa. They don't really know where hibiscus comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's full of zinc and quercetin and vitamin C. And these are all the things that they found that are like the, like, you know, these are the immune system boosters. And it kind of sounds like right now that the people that are getting the vaccine from being in this car are the ones with the sniffles and the colds, dude. It's not the people that don't have vaccines that have the sniffles and the colds. To me, in the car, like the people that are really hardcore. And I got busted once for not wearing a mask. Someone complained to me, uh, complained to Uber. Um, 
some rich fucking kids in Medina coming out of a coming out of a, a black tie wedding last weekend. Uh, put four people in the car, which is illegal, and I was like, whatever. It's two thirty in the morning. Just go. I'm not. I'm gonna take my mask off, and then they complained. <laughs> Mom. So I mean, who knows, dude? The mask. The mask is so divisive. I had a friend that has uh, some young children that are like in preschool. And he says, like, they, today the one girl said that uh, she didn't want to take her mask off. And he was like, what's wrong with you? Like, and she's like, no, I like my mask. I want to keep it on all the time. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want this girl to be like that, you know? Like, I don't want my kids to be thinking that they're, like, in a constant state of fear or something like that. Yeah, where, yeah. And then the other one, they has twins, and the other one has, like, just a huge rash all over her face. And he's like, I want to move these kids to Michigan and get them out of this like dictatorship in Illinois basically Mm. Um, so I mean you know Fauci's on record five times saying take the mask off don't wear the mask wear the mask wear two masks you know like they've told us everything so that you can take something in your head and say that this is like they've told us everything on both sides so like at some point you have to just like pick up pick a side and be on it you know what I'm saying for your own sake of your own mind, almost. So, and it's crazy that it divides divides people like it does. Because I see the vaccine people very angry. I don't, the anti-vax people are like angry at the government, but they're not angry at people. And the, and the vax people can be very angry at the, at the anti-vax, which is generated by the media I mean those are like their friends and their family and their loved ones and they hate them because the media says that it's the unvaxxed people creating the variants and stuff like that and that's just the fucking media trying to scare everyone into getting a vax and there's tons of money there's tons of money just being printed every month you know and that's just slush money like how many doctors can get bought off by pharmacists saying, like, hey, like, you know, support this? Well, you know, the, it's interesting you say that because uh, th- there's actually websites, I think, um, government watchdog agencies that watch how many doctors, what, you know, you can find out how many doctors or even the names of particular doctors uh, push their, push the, the pharmacy, certain medications I mean, they've received some kind of kickback from the pharmacists. That's probably pharmacies. from the opioid thing, right? Is oh, yeah, that yeah, that was... yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a pretty extreme example, but yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it could be anything, really. Uh, I mean, how, mental how, meds. how different is the opioid thing from the vaccine? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Well, the only Pharmaceutical thing is... company has a solution. Yeah. Inf- influences the doctor, and the doctor is just cash and checks man so the only thing about the vaccine because i've been vaccinated in fact in fact i had covid for sure because i was tested when i had it okay my um my my reaction was pretty bad so it was a three-week recovery with probably another two or three week of that fatigue um and then you know my doctor really recommended me getting the vaccines even though i i believe i have natural immunity yeah so i did just so that i would get the card 
Right. And, um, you know, both times I got the vaccine, you know, it was proof of antibodies because I was pretty sick. Uh, that means my body kicked in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not something that's normal. For example, my mom is 80 and she, uh, you know, she had the one shot and she had the second shot and she really had no reaction. So the antibody, she, you know, whatever, whatever her immune system just didn't kick in in the same way mine did. Uh, but that's common when you've actually had uh, COVID, you know, when you have that natural immunity. So I don't, I can't really say I have super strong feelings one way or the other. I mean, you know, I'm somebody who says, okay, uh, this was the science. This is, this is what they're saying. This is, you know, it doesn't seem like people are dying off in large numbers yet <laughs> because they, because they had the vaccine. Um, uh, who knows? You know, five years from now, there could be adverse consequences. It seems like an ongoing trial, dude. I mean... Yeah, yeah. And, and even Pfizer blew up their long-term study, right? Did you see that story? No. Where they they blew up their control in the long-term study. Mm-hmm. In their official long-term study of the safety of the vaccine, they blew up their control group. They dissolved it. And everybody's like, huh? But I guess if they have no liability, what's the, what's the point in finding out what the long-term damages are? Because they blew up, they blew up their yeah, control yeah. group. And now I'm curious, your podcast is that live or recorded? This is recorded, but I'm not going to edit anything. Okay, it won't be edited, and it will be live. It'll obviously be it'll not I'll, live. It will. I'll be, post it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to ban me. Who's they? Well, I mean, whoever's controlling the information about vaccines. Oh. When so you can, yeah, and I don't really think really about post uh, podcasts. And when you post it, where is it posted? I don't know yet. None of them are posted yet. Oh, okay. So I have I have like 14 hours of recordings in the last week. Okay. Wow. And uh, was that the first time you started? Yeah, this week. Okay. And it's been great. I think it's going to be a great podcast. I just don't know if it gets banned before it gets up there because I think that. Well, I'm a conspiracy guy, dude. <laughs> I got into it. I got into it. With the pharmaceutical guy said, "Why do Why do you believe in conspiracy?" I said, "9/11, like the government." has plenty of opportunity to give us pieces of information that they have to make people not be freaking out about it, I guess, you know? Video footage of hitting the Pentagon, for example, or, you know, maybe one page in 300 in the 9-11 Commission Report concerning Building 7 falling down. You know, they didn't write about that one word about Building 7 in the 9-11 Commission Report. Huh? There's a smoking gun. So, when the government is telling me one thing, well, the government is full of shit, man. And, uh, being in Belize helps me see that, too, because I'm away from it. So and also, were... I see, and I see how fucked up the Belize government is, too, and it's right in your face. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're from Lombard, um, where'd you go to high school? Lombard East. Okay. And uh, just didn't have very strong feelings about staying in this area, like West Suburbs of Chicago. I went to Wisconsin. I came back. I worked in the city. I lost my job. I moved to Washington State. I stayed there long enough to not like it. It's kind of a weird place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle. At the time, the economy sucked. It was like the, it was the worst time to relocate when the economy was trashed. It was before Amazon was big. So I came back and uh, moved to San Francisco, 
spent all my money, moved to Southern California, was outside of the winter for the first time ever there, like barbecuing in January in my shorts and taking a beer and like laughing at my friends back home and then I was like, fuck, it's always hot in Belize, I'm I'm never going to see winter again. And this is, this is the longest I've been back in 10 years. I mean, normally I'm just back for a weekend or a week. You can go, actually, it'd be better to go straight, and then when you hit the next light, turn left. I think, I just feel that that's better. I think that's what it actually wanted me to do. I, yeah. um, where do you consider yourself politically? I mean, especially as somebody who has a podcast. Anarchist. Okay. Anarchist. So you're not Audit even the libertarian, Fed. you're beyond. Audit the Fed. Waterboard Pelosi, find out what she knows. Waterboard Schumer, find out what he knows. Waterboard McConnell, find out all the insider trading that the Federal Reserve, that they did through all of this stuff for the entire time that they've been there. Sure. Those guys are the terrorists, man. They terrorized the whole world for the last 20 years. And that's where I stand politically. I kind of thought for a second that I wanted to run for the 7th Congressional District because when I came back here, I saw Danny Davis and Jesse Jackson and Bobby Rush on the day of the election being like, go out and vote, go out and vote. They were so old. And I was like, these old motherfuckers are like 85 years old. And look at the constituency where they live. Like, this place has deteriorated, like, completely. The west side, the south side she must be ashamed to, to go out and get elected, but he's like 80% every year, Danny Davis, hmm. you know? Um, so, I don't know. Maybe if you could change, My- if you could change things with elections, they wouldn't be allowed. You're only given two parts of the same coin, dude, you know? That Donald Trump was a Democrat his whole life. <laughs> Right? I mean, these guys are they're the, they get together in the lodge after after they get done like making fun of each other on the floor and they do some secret handshakes and they're like, this is how we're gonna fuck the people. My uh, my dad always used to say, you know, uh, the only people who made money in the stock market are people who are kind of like these hedge fund geniuses and they're very secretive. So they're they 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 have high super high super technology. And they're working like 12, 14 hours a day. Um, and, you know, in the, something like the stock market of trading, any minute, any half minute, any second, any millisecond counts on decisions that you're going to make, especially for information coming, you know, from all over the world on commodities, gold or whatever. Um, or the other group that's going to make money is insiders. Uh you and I are just not going to be able to make money in the stock no, market. No, they're making money off of us. Well, four hundred one ks and stuff. Dude. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they're going to melt down the four hundred one k anytime in the next year. Well, politicians in particular, uh, and all other types of people too, they just have access to information earlier than the rest of us. You saw those stories where the federal the Federal Reserve chairmen's were just busted doing insider trading oh yeah yeah i mean I've, I've, and they're making money out of thin air and, and, and a lot of that stuff has been going on for a long time but they, they you know everybody's in bed with each other and yeah. everybody has access with uh you know to 
to the companies and somebody who's a CEO of a company one day is working for the government the next day and you have these revolving doors and it's just disheartening because the theory behind the stock market is that we're all on the same uh, information playing field and and anybody who thinks about for half a second just I mean that just cannot be true it's not true it cannot be true and you know they've done studies of politicians of when they went in when they were younger and when they've come out and most of the money they made were because of stock market because of trading and it's not illegal and that's probably why they don't want to get out of there after one term yeah that's that's a big reason i mean you know it, it's power um you're somebody i mean look you know people even lawyers too and you know, a lot of lawyers just never, never retire. In fact, that's very, they're very notorious because you don't know what you're going to do. And it's better to be in a position of some type of authority uh, as opposed to sitting at home, you know, gardening or whatever it is that people do. I don't feel that way. I'm a solo practitioner myself, um, you know, but I, I certainly might have a hard time retiring just because I like to keep busy. Sure. And th- and there are people like that too. You know, they just need to keep busy and that's fine. I think it's really important to keep going. Seeing my parents retire early, I think it's really important to keep going. Well, you need a purpose to get up. You know, it's it's always a good idea certainly to get out of the house. I'm I'm not a fan of being in the house a lot of the day. I think that's bad for you. Um, it's also hard it was hard on their marriage, I think. Uh I think everyone's marriage when they get retired, when they have to deal with their spouse all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're you not know, going I mean, to work and yeah, stuff. Familiarity breeds contempt, right? I mean, that's. But uh, um, but they were living in isolation in Belize too, so you really have to like, you know. <laughs> but I think it's good to stay working, dude. Yeah, I mean something. You, are you, know, you going to run for politics? <laughs> you you think I should. You want to? Well, I. It's something. It's something that you think about for about two seconds, and you're like, nah. You know, I mean, I, I, I have strong, I, I many times have strong feelings about certain things, but, you know, it, it's money, and I don't have that kind of money. I'm, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, maybe so school money. board, maybe school board. <laughs> I don't need kids. Sheriff? No. <laughs> Not a police type of person. Coroner? No. Just, just handling cases. Coroner's an elected position, you know. Yeah, but I'm not a medical person. You don't have to be. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anybody, you could be a gas station attendant and be coroner. Uh, yeah, but I don't know how much uh, credibility I would get. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first name again? Justin. Yeah, I'm Jay. Yeah. Um, and the podcast is called so, Uber Opinion. Yeah, so when you see 68th Street, turn left. It's right there. And then the first left is, is my parking lot. Sorry for the stupid do-rag on my head, but... Hey, it's cool, man. <laughs> it has in the I had my cowboy hat, uh, but it it uh, it really didn't work very well. Um, <laughs> so that's what probably caused my head to bleed. So I had to go back and they put the dude right again. Right. Um, Good chat, dude. This is why I do it, man. It's just like that. 50, yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. Fifty minutes yeah. gone, man. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I got uh, I got a card for my colleagues or for myself if anything happens sure it's mainly injury stuff you know I mean I like to talk to people about other things but this is fine right here um my car I'm actually gonna go home I just drove here to my office uh, but thank you very much Justin yeah, yeah Jay you take care yeah respect man yeah yeah and uh um, be safe good luck with I, everything. I wish you the best of luck with your uh you know like your 
your ambitions in the hibiscus wine. I'd never heard of it before, so it, I'm you, actually going to look Insta- it up. Do you have Instagram? No, I don't. If you if you search hibiscus wine in Belize, you'll find a story about me. Okay. And do you need like a lot of machinery or something? I do it with uh, food-grade plastic. It's all by hand still. Okay. It's maddening to wash bottles by hand. <laughs> it's bane of my existence. Yeah, well, I don't know how you would go to go to a, like a more commercial type of... Uh, cash money, Jay. Cash money, bro. All right, well, good luck. Thank you very much. Later, Jay, dude. Take care. Have take a good day. Early.